0: I cannot possibly count the number of times when a person with dementia, a non-verbal person with dementia, will start singing along to one of these hymns. I mean, I get to watch the staff just go, oh my gosh, did you see that?
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant, educator, caregiver support group leader, and national speaker on caregiving issues.
2: And I'm her husband, Mike. And I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist.
1: And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia.
2: Here we focus on the caregiver, offer practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two. And we all know laughter is the best medicine.
1: Especially when you have it with a glass of wine.
2: Yes, always got to have your grape juice. Well, all of our lives, faith and spirituality has been a major part of it, but especially when you were caring for my dad.
1: Absolutely. I often tell people I spend a lot of time crying and a lot of time praying. And I have found that when you tune in and you pray, you very often get answers in very surprising ways. That brings us to today's guest, who is a non-denominational Christian chaplain and the founder of SpiritualElderCare.com, a free resource of original worship service agendas, Bible discussion guides, sing-along classic hymns, and much more, all specifically developed to meet the spiritual needs of older adults with Alzheimer's and other dementias. With over 35 years of ministry experience, Her deep desire is to make it easy for anyone to provide this much-needed care to elders with dementia. We are very pleased to welcome Chaplain Elisa Bosley. Welcome, Elisa. Thank
0: you. Welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here.
1: You know, I end every day saying prayers, and one of the last things I say is, show me the path you want me to take. And the path Mm. is often long and bumpy. Uh, (laughs) But it gets me where I need to be, which is here with you today.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, the dementia journey is nothing if not uh, unexpected and requires a lot of flexibility.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How did you get started with this ministry? Do you have a family experience? Uh, What brought you to this? My own
0: father-in-law developed dementia fairly young in life. It had been coming on for a while, but... From 70 to age 76, at his death, was the most intense time, I'd say. And so, my husband and I were um, intimately involved in uh, helping to care for him during that time. Um, My mother in law did all the heavy lifting, but we were there. We live in the same town. And uh, at the same time, I was um, looking for a change from my Uh, regular job as uh, I was an editor at a magazine, had been um, a worship leader and Bible study leader for basically my entire adult life in lots of different church settings. After my father-in-law passed away from Alzheimer's, I started volunteering at a memory care uh, community. And one thing led to another, and they asked me to become the chaplain because they knew my background. And it just put together everything that I had both learned and loved in terms of caring for my own father-in-law and then hanging out with these dear, dear people with dementia at the residence where I was working. So it's just all come together in an amazing way. And it has been a fantastic journey. I just feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be.
1: It's interesting how that works out now, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um,
1: you know, looking at the programs that you're involved with, uh, one of the things that Mike can certainly speak to is singing of the hymns and the importance of music in connecting with people with dementia and music being a big part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I was interested to hear, Mike, that you're a, a music therapist as well. I'd love to hear even just a little bit about your experience with that in terms of hymns, especially.
2: I saw with my dad how music, more specifically opera, because he grew up in Italy, mm-hmm. but opera was very, very important to him and it had such a calming effect on him And when mm-hmm. he was a little bit agitated, but also if he was down, it would bring him up. And then as we got further mm-hmm. and farther into this after he passed away, I didn't really realize it then, but then we saw the Alive Inside documentary. and yes. I mean, it just absolutely made so much sense. So I went back to Alive Inside, and I got certified through them as the music therapist. Mm-hmm. And music is so, so very important. And when looking at the your website, and I was looking and I was thinking you know when somebody's young right they have this introduction to church and the singing in church and the hymns and what's important about the music is it's music of the person's era and when they mm-hmm. were young and formative and so being in the ch- in a church setting that that would easily map to the individual, especially if they had that mm-hmm. early spiritual upbringing. So I found that very, very um, interesting. And I also noticed that there's all those free downloads of the hymns. So that was and, and, and again, for the listeners, it was free downloads of the hymns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're still yes, there. They are.
0: <laughs> well, that was a really important uh, piece for me when I started doing this work was that I found, because I was looking for it myself, I was looking for resources that were specifically designed for people with dementia. So I could find hundreds of hymns online and on YouTube and other sites, but they would uh, have huge arrangements, choral arrangements, and complex um, musical backgrounds and all of that. And, And they were beautiful, but for people with dementia those are not very, um, accessible or helpful. Exactly. So I decided I needed to make them myself. I, I just felt, I, I could see as you did how incredibly powerful the musical piece was. And so, you know, I did a GoFundMe campaign and, you know, raised some money and we put in our own money, my husband and I, because we believed in this hired professional musicians, professional studio and made, uh, there's now over a hundred um, free hymn downloads, and they are specifically shorter than a traditional hymn would be. It's two or three verses, not right. five. They are slower than you would traditionally sing them, and they're in a lower key because, uh, as you age, the voice range gets lower. And uh, I've heard over and over again how. Um, just that particular kind of arrangement can be particularly helpful. So, and it's it's miraculous when you see what the music can right. do.
2: And for the most part, the ones I listened to were keyboards and vocals. So you don't have right. that whole Very orchestration to confuse the issue. Exactly,
0: and I really felt strongly uh, that they needed to be. Uh, sing-alongable, that's not a word, but able to, you know, for the person to sing with the tune, it's great to listen to them and lots of people do. But as you well know, I'm sure that interactive piece is all the better for somebody with dementia, uh, as much as they can be engaged at their level of ability. So having them able to sing along simply was uh, was key for me and continues to be. It's not
2: uncommon for them to sing along just because they're, oh, they 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 yeah. recognize it, you don't usually don't have to prompt them yeah. very
0: much. That's that's exactly. And I right.
1: imagine it also helps bring the caregiver closer to that person as they share mm-hmm. those moments together. And I I imagine that along with singing, it it brings up memories that they begin to share.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, and you you make such a good point, Bobby, about the caregiver the comfort that these old hymns can bring, even if the caregiver isn't the one who grew up singing them, because they're definitely of a certain era. um, But their poetry and their truth set to music, and that can't help but be, in my experience, really comforting to the caregiver as well as to the person that they're caring for. Um, and again, there's, there's an interaction there and you find these meaningful moments that, uh, are facilitated by, by this musical connection. And it's very profound and, you know, anybody can learn these songs, even if they don't know them.
2: Now, one of the things on, on the website is it talks about a spiritual care, spiritual care assessment. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that is much more than just what church did you attend? Can you talk a little bit more about a spiritual care assessment?
0: Sure, that's such a great question. So for me, spiritual care goes beyond religious care. So religious care, I see as a very specific, um, uh, very specific faith expression that that person grew up with, a denomination or uh, some kind of uh, way of identifying a particular faith community. Spiritual care is kind of a bigger category. Religious care, I would say, is a subset right. of spiritual care. And so it's not just about, um, oh, what what church did you go to? What denomination did you go to? Although I will say that that's a very important um, identifier for many, many elders. So if I talk to people, you know, oh, you know, what's your faith background? Almost in- inevitably, the first thing they'll say is, I'm a Lutheran, or I'm whatever it is. But the spiritual care assessment is a way of getting at uh, deeper questions that are universal to everyone of a faith background or, or not a faith background that uh, are more open ended. Things like, what brings you joy right now? That's a spiritual care question, that's part of a spiritual care assessment. It touches on meaning. It touches on someone's deepest desires. Um, Asking a person, what would be a good day for you? That's a spiritual care question. Um, Talking to someone about, you know, what's hard in your life right now? That touches on, you know, past sorrows or regrets. Again, these moments of meaning and connection uh, that are based in that long-term memory. Um, And then, you know, what helps you feel asking someone what helps you feel closest to God or closest to uh, peace or closest to the divine, however, is the best way to word that. So trying to get a picture of that person's spiritual landscape, as it were, filling that out over time. So, you know, when somebody um, goes into a, a long term care residence, they might have an intake form that asks what their church was. But it's this bigger picture of what's the whole landscape of their spiritual life. And then how can we meet the needs based on what that landscape is?
2: Interesting. Uh,
0: I hope that makes uh, sense. Well, no,
2: <laughs> I mean what brings you joy right now, what is hard for you yeah, now? Yeah. I mean yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Not 20 years ago. Now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a way to care for people in their spirit. Yeah. In their spirit, what what do you what do you need? What brings you comfort? What's making you happy? You know, those are those that those get deeper than have you had lunch today or, you know, something basic. Have you had your shower? Those are all good and necessary. Don't get me wrong. But there is as part of person centered care. A bigger picture beyond those uh, physical and even emotional. I have needs. to.
1: I have to imagine that sometimes you get a response like this to what brings you joy. Nothing. Mm.
0: <laughs> it could be. It could be. And then you, you know, it's important to enter into that and say, yeah, you know, this might be a hard mm-hmm. day. I could see that. You know, you know, what can we? What can we do? What you got any ideas for what we can do yeah. that would make it more fun? And then of course course, as you know, you just get real <laughs> creative. <laughs> and you, you reach into your toolbox of, okay, what are some things that we can make those moments of joy happen?
1: Exactly. And you know, that's,
0: again, why I love the spiritual care part of it, because I see that, uh, you know, as Mike said, it just lifts the spirit in a way that I haven't seen anything else do.
1: You know, some people are just even without dementia, negative when they get up in the morning and mm-hmm. they're looking for a reason to not be comforted.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I wonder about that. I mean, there may be a lot of different things going on with that. You know, I, 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 I wondered, I actually wrote an article about this, which is also on my website. Is it possible for somebody to get stuck in with somebody with dementia for them to get stuck in an angry place because I think that's a huge fear that a lot of people have. Oh my gosh, my loved one or myself, if I get dementia, I, they're they're just going to be angry all the time. They're going to be hostile all the time. And interestingly, when I talked to various experts about that question, because I really didn't know, all of them said, you know, it's possible that someone could get stuck in that place of always being negative, always being angry. I don't want to say it's not ever possible, but in, it's incredible. Incredibly rare. It's usually a manifestation of an unmet need that there's something else going on. That again, I'm circling back to creativity. It's our job as the loved one and the person um, that doesn't have dementia to try to enter into that with as much grace and patience as we can to say, okay, what is that unmet need? And it very well might be a spiritual need. It might not have anything to do with. You know, are you are you, uh, well-dressed or are you well-rested? But it could also be related to one of those needs. So it's being creative and trying to figure it out.
1: I just saw on one of the caregiver Facebook pages that I follow, mm-hmm. somebody say, I came here for support and all i hear all i see on here is people complaining about how difficult it is Mm. this is not what i was looking for Mm. and unfortunately when caregivers get together too often it's all about how hard it is Mm. not not about what i now call a gift i didn't know i wanted Mm. Um, (laughs) right (laughs) that's a good way to put it But asking the questions that you're talking about can bring that person out of that negativity. And so what you're doing is is going to be so valuable to so many people. I
0: I really hope so. I I cannot stress enough how two things, how much respect and compassion I have for full-time caregivers. I know and I never want to um, minimize how difficult it is. I I totally understand that, and yet, I can say from now several years of experience, there is unbelievable blessing and joy that you cannot even imagine that is available to you uh, in this journey. Uh, And it's not that you and I'm so grateful for your podcast, right? Because it's not that you should or even could do it alone. You shouldn't. (laughs) Don't even try it. You know, find that support and. And sometimes complaining that's i i don't you know like i get it it's oh, yeah. fine and you just have to get that out but there are riches to be seen and to be experienced again i'm coming from the spiritual end of things so i'll just speak to that that are are unbelievably profound i have more stories than i could possibly name f- seeing miracles happen for for people with dementia when some of these spiritual care um, needs are addressed and some of these, you know, rituals or forms or whatever it is, they get to engage in. It is, it is so common now that I've almost like, I can't even keep track for me to see you share? Will you
1: share one with
0: us? (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, No pressure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's so many. It's like, I'll share my favorite one and, and I'll share this one because um, it was really the one that kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities. So, uh, this lovely lady, and I do have permission to use her name. Her name was Betty Jo. She had quite advanced dementia. I knew that she was a strong Christian believer. Um, and, uh, so had that background, but I had gone into the, a resident's home to, uh, do a Bible discussion group, which that's a whole nother story. Like people often say, how in the world do you do that with people with dementia? But, I'll just say that's what I was doing. And Betty Joe's caregiver brought her to uh, the Bible study. And she, Betty Joe sat there through the whole thing with her head down and her eyes closed. And from all intents and purposes, I assume she was asleep for the entire, whatever it was, 20, 30 minutes. And we were talking about uh, a passage where Jesus heals a woman who had had this Long-standing, it was in the Bible, it's called a, a flow of blood and had, had been tormented by this for years and years and how Jesus heals her. And so we were talking about that and we were wrapping it up. And all of a sudden, Betty Jo lifted her head and opened her eyes and started to speak. And she started to speak about the passage. I thought she had been asleep. And she started saying, just imagine how that woman felt. She must have felt like she was dead. And now she was alive again. Hallelujah, glory. And she just started going off. And I started writing it down as fast as I could because I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, she, I, she said, just think about how this woman felt. And I said, well, how would you feel, Betty Jo? And she said, like, as if I had died and then been raised to life. Wow. <laughs> I was just blown away. I, she went on like this for, pro, I, be, I think it was about 10 minutes. I'm not exaggerating. Like I said, I was writing it down. I couldn't even get it all. And that, I, I just felt like the scales fell from my eyes. Like I never again would assume that somebody was missing out because they appeared to be asleep or they appeared to be grumpy or they were you know, checked out because of dementia or whatever it was that God was doing things, miraculous things that I couldn't see, that it, it wasn't all up to me. It was the spirit communing with her spirit. And I was there to, to get to witness it and enjoy it. And again, so many stories like that, I can't even count.
2: You know, that, that story brought back a memory of uh, before I retired. And years ago, I had a supervisor. When you get into a meeting, he would immediately just put his head down. <sighs> and close his eyes. And everybody just thought he would sleep through meetings. But he could recite the meeting almost word for word. And who said what to whom after Mm -hmm. the meeting was over, that was just Mm -hmm. his way of totally concentrating. Mm. And I'm thinking that probably so the spirit could move her, right? Right,
0: right. Well, and again, back to music, again, I can't I cannot possibly count the number of times when a person with dementia, a nonverbal person with dementia, will start singing along to one of these hymns. I mean, you, I get to watch the staff just go, Oh my gosh, did you see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they will start entering into those songs because they reach back into that super long term and procedural memory. Uh, and you probably know this, but one of the most fascinating research pieces that relate to dementia that I've ever seen is that the center of the brain that stores music remains almost completely unaffected by Alzheimer's and dementia throughout the course of the disease it's it's just its own little miracle
2: well my my theory on that is the brain forms here right at the very mm-hmm. inner part and works its way out forming mm-hmm. and when the baby is in the womb it has mm-hmm. rhythm yeah there's the mother's heartbeat there's the mother's breathing pattern, there's chewing, there's swallowing, there's all this rhythm going mm-hmm. on. And then the rest builds on that. That's why I think, you know, they say the first memories are the last memories to go. And mm-hmm. that's why that stays with the person.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great theory.
2: Yeah.
1: And you look, and at, you look at infants, infants just start moving to music. It's something that's mm-hmm. universal, uh-huh. that's, that speaks to all of us.
0: That's so true, so true, and yeah.
1: We also need to be aware that people with dementia are much more aware of what we're saying and what we're doing around them than many of us may not understand, and Mm -hmm. um, they're able to do things that may not be obvious, and Mm -hmm. by doing these kind of things that you're doing, it helps engage them to the point that... They feel safe mm-hmm. in 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 reaching out and expressing and singing and in, in sharing stories. Right. Yeah,
0: there's a really high payoff. So there's, you know, uh, there was another study that talked about procedural, emotional and religious therapy, I think is what it's called. And basically it was saying that these long term um, rituals and forms of religious and spiritual life. Have now when you have dementia, have a really high emotional payoff and a really low um, procedural demand, right? It's not hard for people with dementia to enter into these things because they're hardwired from way, way back. And they have a huge emotional payoff. So those are really valuable activities. You know, any interactive activity is good, bingo's good, whatever. But these have such a high emotional payoff, comfort payoff, that um, they're really worth, really worth doing.
1: (laughs) I was remembering when um, your dad woke up in the hospital and told me that um, he'd had a dream and God told him his job here was done. Oh. And um, yeah, that that was one of the most precious things to Mm. me. I had prayed and prayed and prayed during those difficult moments before that when he needed more and more care I need help. Please, God, Mm. any way that you see fit, please send help. And when I walked into the hospital and approached his room and there was a uh, social worker standing there saying, Mrs. Carducci, do you need help? I I knew (laughs) that somebody had been listening. Sometimes in our caregiving journey, we, we need a reminder that there's a greater power there that we can... We can reach out to because sometimes caregivers feel like everything they, they've used everything up inside of them. They mm-hmm. have nothing left to give. And when we turn to faith um, in spirituality, we get filled back up again so we can go back and do it another day.
0: Mhm. I think that's incredibly well put if and when you can access uh, a faith community to also join you in that journey. I, I fully encourage that, and to and to help those congregations and gatherings become more dementia friendly themselves, for the caregivers' sake and for their congregants' sake. And there are resources for that um, online as well.
1: Um, I have one. It's called Faith United Against Alzheimer's. Uh huh.
0: Yes, they're an excellent resource. Very
2: good. One of the things I want to touch on that really struck me Um, one of the things that bobby and i talk about all the time her more than i is you have to go where the person with dementia is they can't come to where you are Mm. and you know that sounds a lot easier than Mm -hmm. it is to execute a lot of times but on the website i saw a quote that it really made me go, aha, and I'd like to throw that out, that Mm -hmm. on your website it says newborn babies can't interact with or even smile at their parents, and yet good parents love them and relate to them as they are in both Mm -hmm. verbal and nonverbal ways. And I thought that is exactly how we need to act and react with the person in our care.
0: Mm, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right that it's, it's really a challenge to consciously, willingly, patiently um, go to where they are in their reality instead of clinging to our own and yeah. saying, well, that, what, what are they saying? That's not true. They're, they're, it's totally wrong. And instead of just being with them, knowing that whatever they're saying or feeling or doing is absolutely real for them.
1: Yes. and Caregivers caregivers Mm -hmm. think that person is lying, that they're making up stories. And my Mm -hmm. response to that is the brain is a wonderful storyteller. (laughs) And if you compare it to waking up from a very vivid dream with your heart Mm -hmm. pounding, um, we are cognitively aware we can tell the difference. They cannot. And what your brain tells you is is what's real. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so we need to embrace that and say, you know what? Okay,
0: that's your reality that I'm I'm there with you. Instead of trying to correct them or argue with them, which if you're a caregiver for any length of time, you know, both those things won't work.
1: Well, I often say I made every possible mistake there was to make. <laughs> we all
2: did. Don't feel <laughs> and, bad.
1: And, and that's why I'm so smart now. <laughs> That and going yes, to workshops and conferences and, you know, studying about it. But yeah, in, in the moment, mm-hmm. I made every mistake you can make.
0: Oh, yes. And we really need each other because that, that is exactly the common germ- journey.
2: Well, I found the discussion with you just absolutely delightful.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm so
2: glad you agreed to be on the show.
0: Oh, it's completely my pleasure. I really appreciate what you're doing. And it's it's just, it warms my heart and encourages me to know how you are encouraging others on this journey.
2: And we will put uh, links to you and your spiritualeldercare.com on our show website. Thank you. I'd appreciate it. So, I firmly
1: yeah. believe that you've helped our listeners Absolutely. a great deal today.
2: Thank well, you I so hope
0: much. people reach out if I can answer any questions. I'm always available. It's it's Good. really what I love to do. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you. So again, wow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> There's absolutely. There's so, so much stuff packed into what a half an hour mm-hmm. that my head is spinning yet again. <laughs> it's like I'm a I'm a top sometimes. <laughs> One of the things, or a couple of the things that she said that really struck home to me was to talk about what brings you joy right now, or what would bring you joy right now? What is hard for you right now? And asking those types of questions, instead of getting into a, um, for lack of a better word in my vocabulary, an argumentative or uh, debate with the person and asking those type of questions and really listening could ease a lot of the tension.
1: Absolutely. And, and it kind of brought to mind, again, dealing with your dad when I asked him when um, he was hearing voices, what did the voices say? And he said, they say what they say. They make me nervous and suspicious. So that to me meant need to calm him, put it, get him in a place where he's not feeling nervous, that he feels safe. Um, it wasn't right. the answer I expected, but it was the answer that I needed. Right. You can find more information about Alisa and SpiritualElderCare.com on our show website at RogerThat.show. This has been Roger That, and I'm Bobby.
2: And I'm Mike.
1: And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia.
2: So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes or the Roger That Facebook page and post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. If you would like your identity to remain private, you can direct message your question on Facebook, and we will answer. To find out more about us, head over to RogerThat.show. It's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that, dot show.
1: Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master.
2: And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights. From dramas to comedies and all those in between.
1: Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit MissingLink.com.